Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And look who's back in the studio. Joining me today it is Mr. Colin Lumsden. Good day, sir. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Very well, sir. So the last time you were in, which is uh, probably a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. we talked about your first five songs. On this second list that you've got here, you've got five more. I would say three of them are... You know, it's, it's mostly yeah, punk. It is. Um, yeah. yeah. You've got some Oasis on here, too. Yeah. So um, I wanted to get you back in here to talk about, uh, you know, this next group of tunes. Yeah. So, and, and you know, we talked about it before. It's hard to narrow it down to five and so forth. So it's a brutal exercise. You're a taskmaster. So. <laughs> We've got to do it. you got to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun exercise. Right? Yes. It really makes you think and prioritize and strategize and... So we talked about last time the scoring and the weighting and the scientific yes. method I applied, but it. it's still it's still it's still a tough exercise to sort of ruthlessly you know eliminate stuff that you really do love and care about, but it just totally. doesn't quite cross the line. Yeah, exactly. So thank you for coming in with your next five. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go over those right now, okay. starting with uh, Oasis, and the tune that you selected here is "Don't Look Back in Anger." Yes, so Oasis, prior to Arctic Monkeys, was probably my favorite band. Okay. Um, I've always loved them from the first time I heard uh, Wonderwall. Yes. And this is sort of the second song off of what's Story Morning Glory, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a great song. Second Goal, record, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. First one was definitely Maybe. Yes. Um, so this was probably this the, the album that broke them. Definitely Maybe did really well, especially in the UK, but this yeah. is the song that sort of took them global, or the album that took them uh, global, which yeah. is what's Story Morning Glory. So, yeah. but And this one uh, has Noel singing on it rather than Liam. Yes. Um, they sort of do trade off throughout most of their, their uh, the albums. But um, so this one, you know, I think it's interesting when we get to the last song, Part of what I think really gets me about this song is the chord progression yep. and Don't Look Back in Anger is very similar to John Lennon's Imagine. Yes. Very, very similar. It's yeah. a little bit, I actually think it's maybe a better song. And I don't think lyrically necessarily, but musically I think it's a okay. little bit better with the pianos and the drums and the guitars. Yeah. But that chord progression is one of those sort of things that literally moves my soul. So yes. I heard it on Imagine, I heard it on Don't Look Back in Anger same sort of vibe right just like it just hits me and it almost brings tears to my eyes it's the strangest thing and i don't know why but yeah. it's just that chord progression seems yeah. to really hit me yeah so i have the same thing and i've mentioned this in previous episodes with uh, instrumentation and there's a song called uh, handbags and glad rags that has been done by a bunch of different people but colin there's something about the instrumentation in that the lyrics mean nothing so there's no sentimentality associated with that whatsoever. But the instrumentation and the way that the chords follow each other just tweaks me. There's something about, you know, I can't think of what the chords are right now, but it's like an F sharp or something like that inserted. And so it's just like, it just, it's magical, yeah. right? The way that that can really stir you. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting is like the chords in these two songs are really basic. It's C, G's, F's, A mm-hmm. minors. There's nothing really fancy. Yeah. But it's just the way they're structured and the way they flow. Yes. That sort of does it, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, but this song, you know, the lyrics in it, and it, it's become sort of an anthem mm-hmm. um, across the world. And I've been to most Oasis shows in, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really cool experiences. Yes. And, you know, 
I haven't even been to the big ones like at Nebworth or Glastonbury or yeah. Manchester where they have 100,000 people. Yes. But if you're even in a crowd of 20,000 people, when they start singing Don't Look Back in Anger, like yes. I can feel my hair moving right now. Yes. And just belting it out at the top of my lungs with everybody else. There's no only I'm just standing there watching everyone sing. Yeah. It is the coolest thing ever. This song is like a total sing-along song. Yeah. Audience gets into it. They get into it. It's just such a cool experience. So yeah. the chord progression to the to the actual live event to this being like the song that like I liked Wonderwall. I think Wonderwall is a great tune, but this yeah. one's even better. Yeah. Um, in terms of like really representing Oasis in that time. Yeah. Uh, just really, really, really powerful. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Close to uh, a religious experience. It is. Lost, right? Yeah. I mean, it's and I'm not particularly religious or spiritual, but yeah, you know, just neither. that that movement there and sort of the energy and the passion that's coming from the audience all in unity all singing that tune at the same time together for just a couple minutes yes yeah that's as close as i get to spirituality Pretty i much. think is, yeah. is right there right yeah. that's that's as close as i get to having a soul <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so your next tune is uh rancid and the tune is called honor is all we know yep. so i want to ask you a question before we get started sure. with this so um, we talked on, on the previous episode about Operation Ivy and the affiliation with Green Day. And so Rancid, I, I, I want to say they came out in the early 90s, yeah. right? So um, they were kind of responsible along with Green Day uh, for bringing punk into the mainstream, yeah. right? So you, know, you can say, arguably, that that is almost a contradiction in terms yeah. in the same way yeah. that alternative music... Yeah became mainstream grunge, grunge yeah. right so do, would you would you agree with that yeah i mean i think i think it's a nice reflection of people recognizing talent and good music to yep. be honest more yep. than anything i think it i don't know if it was that big of like this so there's a really good documentary i think it was it's called 1994 but okay. it's about sort of that socal music scene and the bands that came out of it including green day and rancid mm-hmm. that religion became even more they've been around forever but they became more popular during that time no effects pennywise all these other yeah. offspring yeah. all these bands came out around that time really yes. really uh, really good bands too yeah but yeah i mean it, it, it certainly is a bit of a contradiction in terms sort of popular punk Mm-hmm. It doesn't exactly. really make sense. Yes. But, and I don't think any of the bands that are left today, if you look, like, none of, there weren't, like, flash in the pan people who took advantage of that to get popular, make a buck, and mm-hmm. go on. Like, you know, Green Day had been in existence for a while. Rancid was an offshoot of Operation Ivy, which was, like, a founding member of the ska punk scene in, in yep. Southern California. So, um, it doesn't it doesn't bother me particularly. Yep. And Rancid was by far the most overt looking hardcore punk band, right? Mm-hmm. They had the Mohawks, the tattoos, the spiked coats. Yeah. You know, they were extreme. Green Day was sort of like little little kids on your street that kick over <laughs> your garbage cans and stuff. These <laughs> yeah. guys look like you're walking down the street, you turn the other way. Oh yeah. Right? But but they're still very musically inclined, good good tunes, uh, really strong musically. Had lots of diverse influences from blues and ska and other things into into their punk, which is what I really liked about it. So yep. yeah, I mean it is a bit of a contradiction in, in terms, you know. And it, it like most like grunge was popular and faded away, punk went big and faded away. Like all exactly. there's you know it's the phases of the musical industry. So yeah. you know it's, it's kind of nice at times when it's popular and when I mention band names, people don't sort of cock their head sideways like a puppy. They get it. Yes. But I don't really care. I don't like music because people like it. I like yeah. it because I like it. Exactly. So that's why I listen to it. So, I mean, I was listening to them before they were popular, and I'm listening to them now after they're popular. This this song is from an album from 2014, mm-hmm. um, and I had actually dropped away from Rancid for a while. It yep. wasn't. They weren't always sort of one of my favorite bands, but I really liked them. Yeah. 
Um, and out come the Wolves, which is can't remember how many years ago that was. Probably one of the better albums they ever put out. Okay. Uh, with Time Bomb and Ruby Soho, that yep. became popular too. Yep. Um, but this one, you know, I found them again sort of a few years ago. And I don't even think I heard it in 2014. I think I heard it in 2016. Okay. Um, for the first time when I was just sort of going through what they had released recently. And and it's it's a song to me that just sort of captures so many... It's it, They're very, very positive. A lot of punk rock music is very positive too. Uh, they get a bad rap for, you know, being anarchistic and, and, yep. and, and sort of anti-establishment. And they are that in many ways. But... There's, there's a lot of songs that are really, really positive. And this is one of those ones that is really, really positive. And I see this as almost like sort of a soccer football anthem. Yes. You know, I could see this being played at TFC. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's that way. But like some of the lyrics in there that are, you know, really, really powerful, you know, um, just the title itself, you know, Honor is All We Know. The whole song is is about honor, right? Yes. The bassist, the lead guitarist, and the, the rhythm guitarist all take turns singing, you know, different lyrics about you know, uh, positivity and and moving forward and having strength and forgiveness. It's it's really very, very powerful. And I was at a, at a point in my life where I wasn't feeling particularly honorable about how I was living as a man. Yep. And when I heard this song, I was like, holy cow, this is really, really good. Yeah. Um, and it just hit me. And I listened to the lyrics over and over and over again. It's a short song, like most punk songs are. You know, I just kept coming back to honor is all we know. Honor is all we know. And I'm like, I'm like, honor, honor, honor. This is really important. Yeah. Um, you know, the integrity, the respect, the friendship, the support, mm-hmm. being a good person. It was just really, really powerful for me. So I was like, you know, it's it's only, I've only listened to the song for like a year, but it just, it, there was no, no doubt in my mind this was making the list. I think and it's incredible that you can draw that much from music. Yeah. It's, it's. Yeah, it's just it's just remarkable. This song, I love it. I have it everywhere I go. I listen to it when I need a little sort of mood boost. When mm-hmm. I'm feeling you know 100 percent and I yep. want to sort of get my head on straight, I listen to this. I listen to it in the mornings to fire me up. Yeah, just a great song that way. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever had that uh, problem of of um, not liking? music because you don't like the fans of the band do you know what i'm saying yeah well i've experienced a lot of that um with a lot of the bands i like because i tend to catch them before they're popular yes like arctic monkeys oasis fratellis yes you know i was into them before and sort of i saw the, the crowd develop mm-hmm. and yeah there's some yahoos came in but you know i also you know trying to not pass judgment on them the fact that i go to an arctic monkey show and there's some kid who's 13 years old you know, I was like, you weren't even alive when they almost right. came in to play, right? And now yeah. I realize I'm the old white guy in the room. That's fine, <laughs> yeah. right? But and I'm sure they're looking at me like, who is this guy? Yeah. But no, and generally speaking, you know, the, the fans of the bands, like I, I've never actually this is a funny story. So I've never seen Rancid play live. Okay. Uh, they don't come to Canada a lot, but they're coming July 29th. Ah. They're gonna be at TD Echo Beach with Dropkick Murphys. Yep. And as uh, you and I have talked about outrageous tickets, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can't get tickets for them. Yeah, they're already sold out, and uh, the cheapest single seat I can find on StubHub is about 150 US. Oof! But I'm doing it because yeah. I've never seen them. I'll probably never get a chance to see them again. Yeah. So I'm gonna spend the money, go see them, and it's gonna be awesome. So I, I actually don't know what the fans of these guys are like. So I'm kind of curious about that. They usually hmm. play smaller shows, sort of yeah. more sort of grungy clubs, like you know, Mod Club or Phoenix. Phoenix yeah. would probably be about the size of. Anytime I see them anywhere, that's yeah. kind of what they're playing. Yep. Um, you know, there's the usual smash dance going on. But yeah, no, I, I, don't, I just sort of park myself against the wall and listen to the music. Right? I'm not in there to 
beat myself or anybody else up and I'm not interested yeah. in drama. So Yeah. I think there's gonna be a lot of you in there. You know, there's there's obviously gonna be that element of yeah. like, you know, let's kinda of stir it up a little bit, but there's gonna be a lot of Lumsdens in there kind of you know, standing back and just really appreciating the music. Yeah, too. you don't want to hurt your back, right? You gotta go to work. Then, <laughs> no, you, hip replacement. Yeah, that's right? not cool. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just you know, it's 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 a great song. Um, I encourage anyone to listen to it, even though it's it's kind of it's hardcore punk, but um, the message is in there, really powerful. Yeah, definitely. Okay, speaking of hardcore punk, the Sex Pistols are next yeah. with a tune that is often covered, but not often covered well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Anarchy in the UK. Yep. So, I mean, I, I they're the defining and most defined punk band of all time. Yes. Right? I think they, rightly or wrongly, good or bad, sort of get punk Sex Pistols. Punk is Sex Pistols. Absolutely. And they created everything that came out of it after 1976, 77. And, um I, 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 I'm in no place to sort of say yes or no. All I know is that what they did do in terms of sending the message out and capturing, like I I wasn't in the UK at that time, but mm-hmm. the energy that they captured from what the youth were feeling, yes. what was happening in society, with the government, with the economy, is, is remarkable. And you listen to, uh, you know, never mind the bullets uh, today, and it's, it's still really, really powerful. Yes, and it relevant. is. Right? I totally I mean, agree with that. It's in my car right now. I was listening to it on the way over, and all the songs are like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. No, that uh, it still resonates. Yeah, it's almost timeless, right? I think it's a, one of those classic rock and roll records of all time. Yep. And I, I think there's maybe one song on there that I don't think is like ten out of ten. Yeah. Right. But the rest of them, you know, I can find something in every song, whether it's EMI, No Feelings, all of them just hardcore rock, and I love it. It's so good. Um, so this song, you know it's either this or God Save the Queen usually they're sort of yes. the anthems for the Sex Pistols I yep. like this a little bit better um, you know on the opening line I am an antichrist yes. um, I am an anarchist it's amazing right yeah. it just sets off the rest of the tune yeah so and I sort of modeled myself after so me and my friend growing up you know I was the sort of more gingerly like of uh, the group and yep. he was more sort of the the darker, taller guy. So yeah. he was Sid Vicious. Yeah. I was Johnny Rotten. Right? <laughs> uh, and so I was I was also sort of the front man for the group and sort of more aggressive than everybody else and yeah. vocal. So I sort of tried to model myself a little bit off of his appearance and his attitude and his swagger. And he was a snot-nosed little brat who said what he wanted. Yeah. Aggressive, shameless. Yeah. And it was awesome, right? And I just, I, I really liked how he how he behaved, how he acted. Um, yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. So I've, I've always loved Johnny Rotten. And the song is just awesome, and it's it just always catches me, always moves me, yeah. always gets me thinking about politics, gets me thinking about punk rock. It's a classic. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. I think that's very well said. You know, when I was in high school, I was into, as a metal kid, you know, I was into Motley Crue and Maiden and stuff like that. So I appreciated, you know, wrongly i think now i just i I was very myopic in the sense that um you know i like the aggression of heavy metal but i also like the virtuosity of the music right right? so you had to be a great player i completely missed out on the fact that that rawness that the sex pistols brought had this veracity to it that really defined how good it was you know my buddy one of my best friends had never mind the bollocks and I used to squint at him and say, this is fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, this is really bad music. Yes. But I completely missed the point. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. uh, almost to the point where I wish I could go back and, and, and re-experience it over again. Yeah. Like if you look at a lot of the punk rock music, it is not very musical. No, right? no. It is, it is edgy. It is rough. It is raw. Yep. It's powerful. It's sloppy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, part of the charm and part of the, the effect is that. Exactly. Right? It's not to be virtuous. It's not to be melodic or eight minutes long or integrated with piano and string it's not that's right, right. it's it's much more intense much more hardcore um so you know anybody who's really looking for something like the symphony orchestra is not going to find a lot of you know, right. parallels into punk music but yeah. you know if you can sort of appreciate what the, the musicality leads to mm-hmm. in the experience yes. the lyrics and the learning and the passion, then that's really where it is. And that's not to say that all punk bands are terribly musically. Green Day's quite good. Rance is so-so. Yeah. Uh, there's lots out there that can really sort of rip it up. Yeah, yeah. But um, rip it up enough. Like, I mean, Sid Vicious couldn't play bass. He couldn't exactly. play bass out of a paper bag. That's it right. It was terrible. Yeah. Right? I could probably, I don't play bass. I could play bass better than Sid Vicious today, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He was, he was a, a stage presence. He was an, an attitude. He was a figurehead. Exactly. movement. Yes. Um, you know, the guitar, actually, uh, Steve Jones and Paul Cook were decent musicians, music, like on the drums and guitars. Mm-hmm. So they carried it in Glenn Matlock when he was in the Pistols, which most of the recordings took care of. Yep. Right. So that, that core section, and then Johnny Rotten's just a lunatic, right? Yes. He's a great singer, but he's a lunatic and he can belt it out. Exactly. So he sort of did his job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, it's not necessarily the most musical of music, but it's, it's yeah. effective. Yes. I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, next tune is Social Distortion, and the song is called I Was Wrong. And, and you know, you and I were talking about this earlier, about the fact that this is a very interesting one for me. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, you know, I don't know a lot about Social Distortion, but um, I know that they are kind of a late 70s, early 80s band. One of the original SoCal punk bands. Yes. Mm-hmm. This song in particular... Was, was issued towards the end of their career, I yeah. think, or, or more recently at least. And it's almost apologetic. It's almost, you know, for me, it's almost regretful. It's, it's, uh, it's like a, it's contrition against the rebellion of a younger Mike Ness. Yep. Right? Totally. Yeah, they've been around for forever. They're still actually touring. I'm waiting to see if they check their website every month to see if they're coming to Canada. Yep. Um, but yeah, they've been, they've been around. They're one of the founding scenes. They're well-respected within the... The punk scene, yeah, not really known outside of it. Uh-huh. Right? Ask regular Joe walking down the street, who's Green Day? Like, oh, I kind of know Green Day, yeah, social distortion. I don't know, yeah. Um, so they're but they they are excellent, um, very, very underrated, mm-hmm. not as popular as they should be, which is nice for me, yeah. Uh, but this song is from 1996, uh, White, White Light, White Heat, White Trash album, yes. which is a really, really good album. A lot of excellent songs on there, um, and this one in particular. But to me, you're right, and that, that, that song is incredibly powerful for me because it's been an anthem in my life since it came out. I got the album in, I don't know if I got it in 96 or 97, but right when I was um, coming out of high school, and um, you know, it's always sort of, I listen to it all the time. Yeah. You know, I listen to it in my 20s and my 30s, and I'm going to listen to it in my 40s, and only in the last year did I sort of realize what this song meant mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And that I was wrong. Really? Yeah. It I, took me that long to figure it out. I have been listening to the lyrics for that long and him sort of acknowledging, you know, what he did wrong and what it meant and and apologizing for it, for hurting his friends, hurting his lovers. And I, it was this year that I realized that I was wrong. No way. Totally. 
I feel like this is some sort of big reveal. It is a big Lumsden. reveal. It is a big reveal. <laughs> this is, wow. Yeah, it's he- maybe it's too heavy for this, but we'll go with it. But yeah. Absolutely. No, I, um, no, I realized I was doing a lot of things. I mean, I, maybe I sort of, you know, the spoiler alert came in, the honor is all we know. Right? Yeah, yeah, so It's yeah. been a very tough year for me, okay. personally. Yeah. Professionally, sort of figuring out who I am, what my values are. Mm-hmm. And, and this song was always, and I listened to it in my 20s and 30s, and I always just sort of said, you know, well, he wasn't smart enough. He wasn't strong enough right. to sort of to, to, to go through with it. And I just sort of powered through. And I always thought, you know, um, you know, the world fought back, punished me for my sins. Yep. And I was like, I'm going to win. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to win. I'm, I'm going to go for it. And yeah. I did. And I won a lot, but I lost more. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's this past year, the last few months, I've sort of realized everything I've lost along the way. And some of these losses are near term, last uh-huh. few months. Some of them are longer, last few years. Some of them are even longer than that. Friends that I just sort of jettisoned in my pursuit of my success and satisfaction that, you know, and it's all sort of came to roost in the last few months where I realized, you know, how wrong I was. Wow. Many, many things. And this song captures that that feeling and that apology very, very well, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when I'm feeling particularly down or dark, I listen to it to remind myself, you know, it's almost like kicking myself when I'm down in some ways, but yeah. it does remind me that, you know, the power of apology and forgiveness can really turn things around. And once you recognize the error of your ways and you start correcting them, that things can get better. Wow. I'm a little bit blown away. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate you sharing that. I really do. Yeah. I think that's powerful. It is. It's been, it's been, it's been a very powerful song, right? And, like I've always loved that song, the guitar, the lyrics, Social Distortion, Mike Ness, um, but only did it. It only sort of really, really sunk in for me mm-hmm. in the last few months. Wow. So, yeah. So you know, in revealing what you just did, I think that you've really captured the pure essence of everything that I have sought to do with this podcast. Yeah. I just want to tell you that. Well, I appreciate it, and that's you know part of part of the enjoyment of the exercise, the big lists and the little lists, mm-hmm. was you know going back and sort of feeling and learning again all these songs and what they meant to me. Whether it was you know a song that didn't make the list because it's not a good song and I wouldn't put it on the list, but Robert Palmer's "Addicted to Love." Yeah, right. Um, that song I remember sitting in the back seat of my mom's car, and it, it's it's my mom. Yeah, that song represents my mom. Really, right? And so when I started thinking about all the songs that meant a lot to me, mm-hmm. like Strawberry Fields in the previous episode, sort of made me think of my dad. Yeah, Robert Palmer's "Addicted to Love" makes me think about my mom. Yeah, um, and there's no Oedipin complex there. When <laughs> it's just that that song was on all the time when she drove me around going okay. to school, and that's when it was popular. So yeah. So we can expect to hear about that in your next episode, though. Probably. <laughs> so I, it, we're probably going to end up doing like 22 episodes. Oh, cool. Right. If that's okay. Yeah, I have many more songs, as you know. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so we've got one more tune here, Lums. Um It's John Lennon, arguably one of the original punks, as yeah, we talked yeah. about in your last episode. Yeah. And the song uh, is a great one. It's called Imagine. Yep. Yeah, one of the the best songs of all time, I think. Yeah. And I don't think it matters whether you're a punk or you're a hippie or a rocker, top forty person. This song is just one of the most moving, touching songs of all time. Yes. Um, about love, about peace, about happiness, about life. It from from the opening piano chords again is you know just the the progression of the chords and it just it. It hits me in the soul. Mm-hmm. Right? It gets me in the feels, as they say. It yep. just totally 
hits me from the second the piano starts to the lyrics, uh, the video. I think most people have seen the video of John and Yoko in the white room yes. and on the piano. It's very touching and a little kiss yep. at the end. Yep. But but the lyrics throughout all of it, um, you know, political, religious, doesn't matter, right? And they're just about, you know, just imagine. It's yeah. just so powerful as a song, yep. as an anthem, as a movement for anybody, right? Again, it doesn't matter your gender, your yeah. your race, your set, any, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? It's just a really cool, power, powerful song. And, you know, I, I remember being in, in, in bars and I would go and put this on and be like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you putting this crap on? Right? Yeah. I was yeah. like, just listen to it. Yeah. Right, just actually listen to it and appreciate it for what it is, mm -hmm. and you know, eventually someone will. Yeah, okay, it's a good song. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah you can't deny that. I mean, yeah. it's a, it may not match the mood of the time. Yeah. However, it's it's it, it's an invitation to aspire to be a better person. Correct. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I've always found that sort of you know even before sort of you know reflection points in life, I've always found that. It was always there in the song, and I think I subconsciously picked up on it, mm -hmm. aside from the musicality and the message, but just it, it always sort of resonated with me, yep. the power of that. So. Yeah, well done. Lumsden, I think you have done a masterful job here. Well, thank you, sir. Really. I appreciate it. This is, as I said before, you basically, you've represented everything that I'm trying to do here. Good. Well, I'm glad I could help. It was a lot of fun, and if we want to do a... Uh, episodes three and four. Oh, you can. Count, you can count. I'm going to start paying you. Oh, good. To I like in. that. I like <laughs> Great job. Really, really well done. Thank Thanks you. for coming in. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my guest, Mr. Colin Lumsden. Till next time, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury. Leftover people and all my favorite people are broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon worldwide.